Turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus. And yes, we were in Exodus, so I did some studying in the book of Exodus. Our lessons were about Moses. Pretty much everybody knows who Moses is, right? You've heard about Moses. Uh, he was born in a time when children of Israel were enslaved. You in Exodus ch- chapter 3? Okay. Uh, they were enslaved, and when he was born, really before he was born, Pharaoh sent out an edict to have all the male children killed. But he had a godly mother, and God led that mother of his to preserve Moses and to save his life. And of course, you've heard how they put him in a little ark and put him in the rush of bull reeds to be found by Pharaoh's daughter. And of course, the first 40 years of his life, he was raised in Pharaoh's house. He was a prince of Egypt, if you will, highly educated in political circles. I mean, no doubt, more than likely, had he stayed there, he would have probably ended up being a Pharaoh himself. But God had another plan. Amen? Now, understand, uh, God began to deal with his heart. And when he saw the treatment of the Egyptians toward the Hebrews, which were his people, he ended up murdering the Egyptian that was mistreating and beating a Hebrew. And he fled for his life, right? He fled to the Backside of the desert, if you will, to the land of Midian, where he met Jethro's daughter, Zipporah, and he married her, and he worked for his father-in-law, Jethro. What did he do? He tended a flock of sheep for his father-in-law. So that's the background. But now we're fixing to see where God is fixing to place a call on him. But this morning I want to share with you, uh, we're going to do two chapters in one, but we're going to be quick. I, I don't want to keep you all from your lunch, okay? Uh, I'm sorry. You got microwaves, don't you? Okay, so I can preach as long as I want to. Uh, anyways, uh, I want to speak to you about God's answers to man's excuses because I can relate to Moses. You see, after I got saved, I also had excuses why God couldn't use me. And I knew God was dealing with my heart to preach the gospel, and I'll be the first to tell you, I didn't want to do it. I mean, I was raised in a missionary Baptist church, and I saw how we treated pastors. Do you head like that? Yeah. They were here today and gone tomorrow. I mean, no, I don't want that. And besides, I began to make excuses. And anyways, we'll get into that. But let's look at our text. Go to chapter 3. And we're going to begin with verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And thank you for standing And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, 
And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are art in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, masters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good land and a large and unto a lar- land flowing with milk and honey under the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt." Verse 11, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And verse 12, this is God's answer to Moses. And he said, certainly I will be with thee and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for this time you've given us to assemble in your sanctuary to worship you today. Lord, I thank you for each one in your sanctuary this morning, each family that's represented, each member, each guest. We're just so thankful that we can assemble together to worship you, the living God. Father, now as I break the bread of life, give me the words to say that I might speak boldly with authority those truths you've laid upon my heart. May hearts and ears be open to receive what you have for them. May your flock be fed the word of God. And Father, we pray that when the message is done and the invitation is given, that your Holy Spirit, if there's one here that doesn't know you, will draw them to you before it's eternally too late. Thank you for the song service. Lord, you know the prayer requests. Lord, you know what's been written down, what's on our hearts. We just pray that uh, you'll intercede and your will will be done. So again, Lord, I thank you for this privilege and honor of being able to stand before your people and share your word. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. First of all, we find that Moses is out. He looks up on the mountain and he sees a bush. That is burning with fire. And that bush 
was not consumed by the fire. Well, that caught his interest, right? And he decides to go up and check out the burning bush. And as he gets there, guess what? God speaks to him. God ever spoken to you all this morning? You ever heard his voice? I've heard his voice in his word. I've heard his voice speak to my heart and to my mind. But I've never audibly heard him. But this is God literally speaking to Moses. And understand that this is a pre-incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a Christophany is what it's called. He's literally speaking to Moses. Now, Moses says, here am I. Understand, the first thing that God says is, take off your shoes. You say, well, why would he instruct Moses to take off his shoes? Because he was standing on holy ground. Understand, we are in holy ground today. We're standing on holy ground in this church. You see, what I want to get across to you this morning is we don't just show up any old way we want to, come any way we are. We have reverence for God and we understand that when we are assembled in His name and in His house, we are standing on holy ground. Amen. And sad to say, our generations, we've gotten laxed. Amen. We show up when we want to. Do what we want to, and out the doors we go. But understand, when you come through those doors, you're on holy ground. And the reason it's holy, it wasn't that the bush was on fire and burning. That didn't make it holy. It wasn't because it was a special land, that Mount Horeb was special. Although, by the way, Horeb is Mount Sinai. Uh, It wasn't special because of that. What made it special was it was God's presence. Understand this morning, we're in God's presence. Amen? How many of you are thinking about worshiping God this morning? You ain't thinking about what's going on in the world? You ain't thinking about what the score is? Amen? Because we're in God's presence. Our mind should be on Him. Amen? So anyways, now... He answers God. God calls him, tells him to take off his shoes, and then God begins to instruct him what he wants him to do. You see, the children of Israel have been in bondage over 400 years, and God has heard their cry. So God is fixing to send Moses down to Pharaoh and request that Pharaoh let his people go. But he's going to use as an instrument Moses. And look at what Moses said in verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? The very first excuse Moses made was that of his inability. How many of you, including myself, have been there? We have questioned, God, how can you use me? I'm nobody. I I, I don't know enough about you. I don't know enough about your word. I don't know enough. 
I can't do it. And I remember that was one of the main things I would tell God as I was driving that old Pepsi truck. Uh, I had an old country route. I was out in the boonies. I mean, little places. Delight, Arkansas. Anybody know why Delight, Arkansas is famous? Glenn Campbell. All of his people. It's called Billstown, but it's all Campbells. I would have called it, instead of Delight, it would have been Campbelltown. Because, man, I've never seen so many Campbells in my life. Everybody's related to him. But uh, I had a country route. Glen Rose, Antoine, Hollywood. I mean, these are little bitty hole-in-the-wall places you'd never think there was anybody at. This is where I was delivering Pepsi-Cola. And I would have long drives in between my stops. And God would speak to my heart. I had been saved, knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And believe me, I was content on being saved. I I thought, you know what, I got eternal life. I'm going to heaven. I don't have to fear death. Lord, I'm good. And then he began to call me to share the gospel. And the very first excuse Moses used was the same excuse I used. Lord, I just can't do it. I don't have the qualifications. I don't know enough. There's got to be somebody else that is more qualified than me. And I would think, who could God use in our church? Who could God choose? But will you notice verse 12 with me? Notice what God said. And he said, speaking of the Lord to Moses, certainly I will be with thee. You see, God told Moses, yes, it's true. You know, you may not know everything. You may not have everything, but you have the main thing. You have the presence of me with you. When you go out, you're not going alone. I'm going with you. And beloved, when you have God, that's all you need. He will give you what you need to accomplish the task He's calling you to do. And then notice what He said. And that I should bring forth the children of Israel... Out of Egypt, and he said, certainly, verse 12, I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. And look at what God says here. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Notice what he said. If, Moses, if you go down and tell Pharaoh... And if you don't mess up, then, hey, it'll be okay. I'll be with you. But Moses, notice what he said. He says, when thou hast told the children of Israel and brought them back to me, that's future, you'll meet me here on the mountain. What I'm trying to get at is God has promised his presence. 
Secondly, God has also, when he's done with his work through us, guess what? We are promised an eternity and in a future with him. Amen. Amen. I'm here till they throw dirt on my face. Now listen, when God gets through with me, my ministry, and he calls me home, I'm done. But until then, as I've got breath, I'm to share the light. I am to share Christ Jesus with the world. That's a calling place to pump me. But wait, you say, well, you're a preacher. Of course, that's your calling. That's all of our calling. We have all been called to serve. What does James, I mean, Ephesians 2.10 say? We are his workmanship created under Christ Jesus under good works. We were created to serve the Lord. Now, notice, Lord, his excuse, inability. I just don't know enough. How many of you told God the same thing? Don't know enough. Well, why don't you? He's given you everything you need to be equipped. Giving you the Bible, giving you the Holy Spirit, giving you the church to instruct you. Why don't you? How many of you have ever thought this? And this was another thing I thought about. My inability was, oh my Lord. (laughs) People know me. They know what I used to be. Uh, That ain't good. Can I tell you something? God is calling you. He already knows who you are. He knew you in your mother's womb. He knows your past failures. He knows your sin. But he by his marvelous grace has saved you. He's made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. A new creation if you will. Listen. Don't let that keep you from serving the Lord when he calls. Amen. Man, I tell you what. I thought I had a lot of friends when I was a lost man. And I did as long as I was paying. Amen. But then I met Jesus, and he changed my life. And I want to tell you, they would see me coming down the aisle in a store, and they would literally run the other way. Scared to death I was going to corner them and tell them what Jesus did for me. Scared to death. And then if I would stop them and say, hey, what's going on? How you been and all of this? Oh, I really don't have time to talk. I really don't have time to talk. Well, hey, can I invite you to church? Hey, hey, I, I, I got to go. And boy, out the door they'd go. Now, let's look at the next excuse. Jump down to verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. Go. 
and gather the elders to Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, and again, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hevites, Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now let us go. We beseech thee three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass, when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment. And you shall put them upon their sons and upon their daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. So, First excuse was that of inability. Next excuse Moses had before God was inadequacy. You see, again, Lord, they won't believe me. If I tell them that you sent me to them, they won't believe me. But what did God say? You tell them, I am that I am. Has sent you. They will believe. In other words, what God is saying to Moses is, Moses, just do what I say. Tell them I have sent you. They will know. And remember the key phrase in the rest of that chapter I will do wonders amongst them. Well, what were some of the wonders? Y'all ever heard of the ten plagues? Mm-hmm. Ten plagues. Turn the Nile River into blood. Have a bunch of locusts and frogs. Could you imagine frogs? Y'all ever been around frogs? Now, I don't know. This is the desert. This ain't like where I'm from. But we have frogs that we gig. Y'all ever gig frogs? Amen. We gig frogs and we used to have frogs, I kid you not. Those things were that big. You say, no, yeah. Listen, these little things we got out here in the desert, you couldn't fry them up and eat much. Huh? There you go, brother. They're too small. But in the promised land, Arkansas, I, I'm kind of stretching it there. But we have frogs. But can you imagine being around frogs? Have you ever been around frogs that secrete? It stinks. Locusts, they destroy everything. The food and all. Huh? The fly, flying 
maggots. That's what a fly is. Don't need to be graphic and gross, but that's what they are. Flying maggots with wings. And then, of course, he killed the cattle, right? The worst was the firstborn, but praise God for the blood of Christ. But he did all of these wonders before the people so that they would know that God had heard their petitions, their cries, and that he had come to deliver them. And he used Moses. Now, I don't know about you, but I've given much thought. God didn't have to use Moses. He don't have to use me or you. He is God. He can do whatever he wants to. But you know what's amazing to me? He chooses old sinners saved by grace to tell other old sinners about his grace. Isn't that amazing? That's what God chooses to do. Uses those that he has saved to share with others about him and his love and kingdom. It's amazing to me. I mean, he could have sent angels. He could have sent all kinds of super saints, if you will. He could have sent, you know, uh, he could have sent anyone. But he chose to send me and you, old sinners, saved by the marvelous grace of God. And here's Moses. A fugitive from justice. A murderer. He chose to send him. And of course, here is Moses. I'm inadequate. I I have an inability. And that wasn't the only two excuses that he offers to God. Moses, now, Lord, they're not going to believe me. Who am I supposed to tell them? They'll laugh at me. How many of us as Christians have felt the same way when it comes to sharing the gospel in our faith? How many of us have felt like Moses? They'll laugh at me. In fact, some people do laugh when you say you have a personal relationship with Christ. Some people will laugh at you. You go to church every Sunday, they laugh, they mock, but that's okay. Because it's not me and you that they're rejecting and making fun of. It's the Lord himself. It's a shame, isn't it? All right, go to chapter 4 real quick. And then here is the excuse of inferiority. I've been there. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto me. You really believe that Bible is God's word? You really believe that church is sharing the truth of the gospel? Do you really believe? They always question, don't they? The Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Hey, 
I can relate to that. Only good snake's a dead snake. Amen. Don't like them. Ain't going to worship them. Ain't going to hold them in my hands and jump up and down and say, you know, coop by ya. Nope, not going to do that. God didn't call me to grab a snake. But God used that to convince Moses that he was God and that he would be with him. And God, when he equips us to do something, he gives us everything we need. Everything. Now notice, and the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, put now thine hand unto thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it came to pass, if they will not believe thee, and it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the river, excuse me, of the water of the river, and pour it upon dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. You see, God tells Moses. Lord, now, they won't, they won't listen to me. They just won't. And Moses is like a lot of us. He was inferior and thought that, you know, he was really a nobody. And that he wasn't schooled yet. He didn't understand everything but if you'll notice you do you see God teaching Moses a little bit about his heritage when the word Hebrew he was trying to show listen I'm the God of your father Abraham I'm the God of Isaac and of Jacob he's trying to get it in Moses' head listen this is your heritage I am that God and that you go you don't have to be inferior to no one. You go, and by doing these two things, the people will recognize that I sent you. Wouldn't it be nice today if the world recognized who God is? No, the world doesn't want anything to do with our God. They forget he's sovereign. They forget he is king. They forget he is the Savior. And they the truth. That's right, brother. And that is the truth, isn't it? So, and here is my, 
Here's the one excuse that I use. I still use it today. I scratch my head asking him, Lord, you know I'm in, I have infirmity. You know, and I do. I'm just like Moses here. I, I can identify with this. Let's jump on down. Notice what the Lord said. He said, Moses said unto the Lord, verse 10, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Uh, (laughs) I'm slow of speech. I get tongue-tied sometimes. I stutter sometimes. How many of you, has your mind ever gone blank? That happens to me frequently. So I can relate to Moses. Brother Ciro, just go blank. Yeah. And you have to stop and you start again. You got to really slow down. That was Moses. But look at what the Lord said to Moses. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Hey, Moses, no more excuses. I have made man. And you know what? Those that are blind, I still made them. Those that are dumb, I've still made them. Moses, stop with the excuses. And what I would say to us this morning is we need to stop with excuses. When God calls us to serve him and he has a plan and a purpose for everyone that he saves, he wants us to be obedient and go. Now listen to me. I will be the first to tell you, you never know where you're going to end up when he places you on the road to service. And I think he does that for a reason. Because if we did know he was going to send us to Las Vegas, Nevada, we'd have said, uh, no. But it's amazing the hand of God directed me from a little place in Perrin, Arkansas to California to boom, right here. Been here since 1996. But again, I'm thankful. This is home. I guess what I'm trying to say is stay where God plants you. Stay until he moves You only say, well, preacher, I do not understand the will of God. Why not? I don't don't get it. I'm sorry. You come to me all the time. I got people, preacher, pray for me. I don't understand the will of God. Well, first of all, the will of God is for you to be saved. Have you done that? Then check that off the list. This is how you understand the will of God. You literally pray and seek God's will every single day. And I guarantee you, He will show you 
what the will is. But you've got to spend time with him. You have to spend time on your knees praying and seeking his face. And you have to be obedient and follow him. You'll know the will of God without any reservations. You say, are you mad at us? No, not mad at you. I just don't understand you sometimes. Because God's will is perfect. Y'all believe that? His will is always perfect for us. Because he loves us. Notice real quick, and I'll hush. Look at what God does to accommodate Moses. He says, Now therefore go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Boy, he's been with my mouth a lot. Amen. He's taught me what to say in many, many opportunities he's given me. And he said, Oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And look at verse 14. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be even, he shall be to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of a God. You see, little side note here. Now this is before Moses was on Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments. But, you know, Aaron, there were some issues with Moses' brother. Now, he could speak, but he led the children to worship a golden calf in the wilderness. And not only did he lead him to lead the children of Israel into disobedience, he also, and this is a good one here, when Moses got married, he moaned and groaned and spoke against Moses because of who he married, his wife. Now, if you would have asked me, that wouldn't have been a choice I would have made. But God sees the heart. It's not the outside. It's the inside. And it's also what's up here. He knows our thoughts, our motives, and our hearts. Now, notice he said, all right, I'm going to give you somebody to help you. And he gave him his brother. You know, we aren't left by ourselves either because after our salvation, guess what? He gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our daily walk with the Lord. Amen? Aren't you glad you're never alone? Never. But again... Every time Moses made... An excuse. God always had an answer. Now, 
Paul Harvey says, here's the rest of the story. Moses did go. And Moses led by the power of God the children of Israel out of bondage into the wilderness. All along, all this time, the children of Israel, they wanted out. They wanted their freedom. God gave it to them. But it sure didn't take long before they had their freedom. That's what they wanted. That they begin to murmur and complain in the wilderness. And what gets me, time after time after time, they saw the power of God before them. God's presence was in a cloud and was in a fire by night in a cloud. Think about that. God fed them manna from heaven. And what did the children of Israel do? Oh, we hate this. We loathe this manna from heaven. But he gave them manna. He gave them quail. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've seen Israel. Israel looks a lot like this place here. You tell me where the quail are. You got to go up north where there's grass here in the desert. But God brought quail of an evening. And we're talking about feeding between two and a half, three million people. They were complaining about, oh, at least we had meat in Egypt. We had leeks and onions, griping and complaining. And then, of course, Moses, you brought us out here to die. We're thirsty. There's no water. God turned bitter water from Marah into sweet water. You see, God sustained them and met their needs. The reason I've told you that is to tell you this. If God did that for them, when he speaks to your heart and he calls you to serve, if he did it for them, he'll do the same thing for you and me. He is the same God. So why not just answer the call? Because we're all called. Why not answer the call? If you're here this morning and you've never Receive Jesus as your personal Savior. Answer the call for salvation. He wants to save you. But after he saves you, he wants you to serve him. And he's got a plan for you. I'm not saying he's going to call you to preach. Only God knows. But he could. He could call you to be a missionary in a faraway place. He could call you to be a Sunday school teacher. He could call you in many, many areas. But listen to me as I close. You can say no to the call of God till you're blue in the face. But listen to me. You're going to do it. Let me repeat that. You can tell him no and no and no, but you will do it. 
You say, oh, well, preacher, that means, you know, that means he's forcing his. God doesn't force no one. But what God does do. (laughs) Okay. You need a little whip. Pop. Pop. His will is going to be done. Why not surrender to his blessings? Listen. When you answer the call of service for God, it is the most glorious and blessed thing there is. I wouldn't trade. Mm -mm, I'm thankful. I I don't want to go back into the world. I've got the best that the world has to offer. And that was when Jesus came into the world and he sacrificed himself on the cross for my sins and your sins. And he saved me by his precious grace through his precious blood. And I am redeemed. I'm going to heaven. And he has blessed me each step of the way. No, I don't eat steak every night. No, I don't drive a big fancy Cadillac. No, I don't wear $1,000 Armani suits. I don't live in the biggest house in the neighborhood. I don't need those things. I have just what God wants me to have. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't want to lose what I have. You say, well, you can't lose your salvation. I'm not talking about my salvation. I'm secure. I don't ever have to worry about that. But I wouldn't want to lose the privilege and the honor being able to serve my God and serve his people. Mm -mm. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean you're perfect. But as long as you're a born-again child of God and the Holy Spirit indwells you, he gave us the Spirit for a reason. We get too close to the line, the Spirit says, ah, whoa. And he pulls us back. And if we do cross the line, and it's happened, we've sinned. What does the Holy Spirit do? It convicts you, doesn't it? You're miserable. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if, if you are truly saved when you sin, it better bother you. If it does not bother you, you better check yourself. So, as we close, stop making excuses because God's got all the answers. He has called you to serve him. He's called every one of us. Again, if you're afraid of where that call might take you, listen, leave it to God. He's going to give you everything that you need to accomplish that call. Amen? Please, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please come. He wants to save you. He loves you so much. And He will save you if you're just aligning to your heart. If you're here today and you need To recommit yourself to the Lord. Do it. Time is short.
I believe he's coming. We're going to get to take it easy when he comes back. When I say take it easy, oh, I'm sure he's going to be, during the millennial reign, he's going to be doing a lot of teaching. And I tell you what, a lot of us are going to be going, ah, ah, ah. But we're going to be have we don't have to worry about the sin problem no more, do we? And temptation. We don't have to worry about sickness, taking a loved one. We're not going to have to worry about any bitterness and anger against one another. We're going to all get along. Can you imagine? But do you realize what makes heaven heaven? Those things are going to be nice, but Jesus is what makes heaven heaven. Stand with me, please. Sister Holly, Brother Bob. Father, that's the message. I pray you'll just allow it to soak in our hearts and in our minds, your word. Father, thank you for having patience with me. Thank you for the call you placed upon my life. And Lord, I'm thankful for all of those excuses. I gave you like Moses, Lord. You didn't hold them against me. Choose somebody else, but you kept dealing with my heart to answer the call. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters. I'm thankful for your church and people. And Lord, may we all be on the same page. We have been called. Lord, there is a world out there that's lost, dying, and going to hell. And Lord, you just called us to be the ones to share the gospel with them. Give us boldness, give us strength, and give us power to accomplish that task. And yes, it seems like it's a great task, but God, you give us everything that we need to get it done. May we rely on you. Lord, I don't know the hearts, but if there's one here that needs to move for you, May your Holy Spirit convince them of that need right here and right now. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.